morning. It's Risenstein. Ray Haynes is here today. There is no uncomfortably warm kiddie pool to wade into today. <laughs> uh, this it, is a, do you think you can swim? Here, try the deep end. <laughs> jumping in with Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks, and the wedding as Ray has been unpacking this, as he has done with the other feasts throughout the past year. Again, it's all posted at the Victory 91.5 Facebook page. Just click on the link, and each segment is added to it. So you can listen, talk about it with your family, maybe maybe use it in a small group study. Uh, and all the notes will also be posted up by the end of the morning. Where are we now? Well, we're going to come to this place of we're, we're in our modern day. We're going to go back again into all the feasts in just a minute for the next break. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to make this some very personal application because sometimes we get back, you know, thousands of years ago and, and it's easy to, to look at them and go, how in the world did you miss this? You messed this. Oh, this is right. terrible. Sure. But it's different on a day-to-day basis when we fall into sin and God's going, really? Seriously. After all that we've been through together, that's mm-hmm. what you want. And so we have to make this personal. And mm-hmm. especially Pentecost is very special because uh, Leanne and I were just talking, <laughs> as you as you look at your life and you try to wrestle through your experiences, she grew up in a Southern Baptist home. I grew up uh, Presbyterian. And so my experience, when you, you got with this group and went, oh, there's something different. And this group, oh, there's something else different. Mm-hmm. And you start to... Uh, you start to engage different things. The uh, Southern Baptist, the International Mission Board this week was in the news. Sure. And without just keeping it really tight, they're, they've been wrestling with this for some time. And so they used to have the, the, the strongest rule that not all, in order to be a missionary, you couldn't be baptized, you couldn't speak in tongues, mm-hmm. and you couldn't have been around anybody that spoke in tongues. <laughs> it's, it's a little tough, tough application. So, Sounds like one of the 613 that we're <laughs> well, adding on. No, they haven't changed that much. They just said they've realized that as the world of evangelism goes, in the world so many have encountered the Holy Spirit at this point, that it is no longer something that will keep you out from being a missionary, and evidently you can be around people that speak in tongues too. But there's still they're still going to keep the same teaching in ways that they have. They're just saying it doesn't disqualify you anymore. Mm-hmm. So, and that's David Platt, I think. David Platt, yep. So yep. he's wrestling with this. Not that they're just jumping in the pool by any means, but they're at least recognizing what God is doing on the earth, and they mm-hmm. their hearts, being Baptists, obviously, have a, probably one of the most pursuant hearts of evangelism of all the denominations mm-hmm. and so they're recognizing this across the earth that they've, they've, they've got to do something because mm-hmm. so many people are encountering the Holy Spirit sometimes right at their salvation mm-hmm. and they're speaking in tongues and they're going oh, oh so they're trying to wrestle with this I don't think they're even remotely beginning to wrestle they're just you know David's taking them uh, mm-hmm. David's taking them the first step so mm-hmm. what what the point of this is just saying is that there's so much more to God you know than the mm-hmm. smoke and the fire and the mm-hmm. clouds you've got to press in far enough and when you come to Pentecost this and the Feast of Weeks What's significant about this and why it's put in this order and why God did it in this order, why we're teaching it in this order is you have to realize that there is a progression in your experience of God. In other words, he knows what you can take and everybody's different. And so he encounters you in that way. Hmm. So he encounters you in salvation at Passover 
and resurrection of the first fruits and that unleavened bread he starts to walk it out but it takes 50 days later before he introduces the holy spirit in terms of the baptism so you have the holy spirit encountering you in salvation and now it's he's back again but this time it's not about salvation because if you pursue god he's not saying no I can promise you that 100 out of 100 times, he's not saying no. But if you pursue... He's not a reluctant groom. He's not. He's so into the wedding. But now, that's all the betrothal. When you get to the wedding, now you're engaging the Holy Spirit even more. And so, yes, can you offend the Holy Spirit? He's actually the one you can offend. Mm -hmm. And so, there are times where many people have the experience of trying to pursue the baptism of the Holy Spirit and getting nothing. I've heard many, many hard, sad stories, and I won't even begin to tell the stories of those groups which have taken and defiled this so badly, it's just, there's not words that can even speak how bad a thing that they've done in encountering this with people and teaching them bad things. So I won't even go there just because mm-hmm, it's, sure. it's, it's that uh, it makes me angry. So, <laughs> don't teach angry. So, there is, there is, there's a lot going on here. So, to answer the question, when you get here to Pentecost, mm-hmm. the Feast of Weeks, this celebration, you know, thousands of years ago, all of the sacrifices are present. In other words, it brings together everything, all of everything else that God ordained. You did it this time and this time, but this one includes all of it. Right. All right. All the other ones have dates that are known, but this one, there's no date set. In other words, this is not, there's a promise of the Holy Spirit, but he's in control. You don't get to be sitting at a table breaking uh, wine and crackers and eating lamb and encountering him and receiving him. This isn't Passover. This isn't salvation. This is something different, and he is fully in control. He's the groom. Mm -hmm. The the bride doesn't start at the front of the the altar. She walks up and approaches him, and he receives her. Um, there's two leavened loaves that are part of this particular service. Uh, one of those is the Holy Spirit. One of them is you. It takes both. And so you have to encounter him. He has to encounter you. It's your wedding day. Uh, it's an aspect of becoming one with Christ, which causes your life to be fruitful. All right, so it's a special time. It's not just the wedding. It's something different. It's something more. It's about intimacy. All right, so it's not the same encounter as salvation. It can certainly happen at salvation, but it's not the same. It's something different. One of the more important parts um, would be it's out of your control. God does it. You receive it. Uh, Deuteronomy 4 says, You came near, stood at the foot of the mountain. The mountain burned with fire in the midst of heaven and darkness, cloud and thick darkness. And the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sounds of the words, but saw no form. You only heard a voice. Mm. And that's why you get that gift of tongues at Pentecost, at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is a representation of what they rejected all those years before. It's a restoring of what happened at the Tower of Babel. But more, more than all of that, it's, it's, it's what happened. It's the restoring of the wedding. It's you. I'm out of control. I can't see you. But I'm the sheep that knows your voice. You're my shepherd. Mm. I receive this. It's an act of faith when you encounter God. So that's a big part of it. Just like a gift. Like a gift. Uh, it's revival. It's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Um, the gift of 
the Spirit itself. There's tongues, there's healing, salvations, there's profound repentance with a life change. All of those things have been a part of every revival and move of God in history, whether it's the Moravians in the 1700s, the First Great Awakening with Edwards and Whitfield, the Second Great Awakening with Finney and Booth, the Welsh Revival in the 1900s, um, Azusa Street, the Hebrides, uh, Brownsville, whatever your encounter with God is, they were all very different, but they all included aspects of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And just from a personal point of view, for me, I was saved. Um, I got baptized when I was eight. But, you know, I, I read the Bible and I pursued God and I prayed. But I didn't really consider salvation happening until I was 15. I was at a Jesus festival. And, you know, that was that moment when... In my brain, I got the fact that God had a calling on my life. I, he had something for me to do, and I was to do it. So that, for me, was that wedding. That's where you're now walking arm in arm when you're together. Mm. Before, I think that I knew who he was, but I was still off on my own. I was, I was trying my best to please him. It would have been kind of like the Israelites in that day. But it's when you walk arm in arm that I would consider, say, okay, now that was the salvation experience. Well, I came back a year later, same Jesus festival. And now a year later, and after all this time, I should have known a lot of the aspects of Christianity, but I didn't know anything about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was 1980. And they were talking about it, as whoever the teacher was at that moment preaching. And, and they began sharing, and they just said, do you want more of Jesus? And I, being a very sharp person at the time, I said, well, of course I do. <laughs> me, sign me up. And so there's thousands and thousands of people in this crowd in this Pennsylvania field. And I remember he said, just raise your hands and begin to worship out loud and pray and just worship God. And he prayed for the, for the Holy Spirit to come. And I just remember, because I was on the right side of the crowd, and I looked over, and it was like a wave. It was like, it wasn't water, it was air, I don't know. But you could see something tangible, and it just hit the crowd. And wow. suddenly, everyone in those thousands of people, we were praying in tongues. And for us, mind wow. you, I was the first person I ever heard praying in tongues. So I had a really good laugh. I was thinking, well, this is just different. Mm -hmm. And me and my best friend together, and we just prayed in tongues there for like a half hour. And we both were going, wow, never heard of this. But we knew we had just got saved the year before there. And we knew there's no doubt in your mind you've just encountered God. Mm. But we went back home. I remember that night. In the tent, we were both falling asleep, and we'd wake up off and on and pray in tongues for a minute because we just thought it'd go away or you mm -hmm. know, something, but it didn't. He came, he chose the moment, mm. but he gave a gift that would never end. And, you know, 30-some years later, still pray in tongues all the time and pursue God with all my heart because that's a gift that he gave in that moment, that part of revival. So... But I went home searching in 1980, and through up until I moved down here in 85, a few years later, I ended up actually at a Southern Baptist church mm -hmm. and really loved them, great people. But I said, listen, this thing happened to me. I was just wondering if you know anything about it. I didn't know anything about that particular group, and those they didn't believe in it. So they gave me three books on why it isn't real. 
And I said, well, you know, that's probably not the most helpful thing. I read the books for him. But I said, you know, what we're talking is something that happened to me. The, I just wanted to know if you knew anything about it. <laughs> so, it actually happened to me. <laughs> that ship has sailed. But I then encountered some people, and they began to um, really disciple me and train me. And so I was very thankful. For the next nine years, I got to worship and minister with them. And that really raised me up in the things and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And I got to see those mm -hmm. in action and just things that would take too long to tell. But that's my particular story. Now, Kelly, at the time then, was praying for people. They were getting filled with the Holy Spirit, getting saved. But she would stand in that same line, same hands laid on her, nothing, every time. And she just got madder and madder. And I said, well, clearly, it's not my hands. <laughs> I ain't doing nothing wrong. But she just kept pursuing God. Now, and she's told this story before, so I'm not telling anything she hasn't told, but mm -hmm. it is a funny encounter that God will encounter you in weird ways. And for her, it was in the bathroom, sitting in the bathroom. And she can figure, put the pieces <laughs> together there. And that's where she was baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. And I thought, if there's ever a place that you don't want to include in your testimony, it's probably <laughs> the bathroom. But God, because she's very funny and joyful, it fits her really well. Corey, on the other hand, was at a church here in down in Decatur on Pentecost Sunday, went down when she was 12 years old and got baptized in the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. So all three of us, extremely different circumstances. But I would tell you this. The thing that I will always remember, always remember as a dad for Corey is we had left that church sometime later and I asked her, said, you know, I know you were really loving that church. Now we're at this other place. How do you feel? And she said, well, she said, the good thing is I now can hear God. I know he's speaking to me and I can hear him speaking to me. Mm. And I thought as a dad, <laughs> that's wow. all you want to hear. Wow. You know, you could have a whole lot of love God and pursue God, but I can hear him speak to me. Mm. So I realized the transformation there was the same thing I experienced. Mm -hmm. It was it was it was knowing God at a very different level, different That's arrangement. Right. It's not to say one is like you arrive, because I can promise you, after all these years encountering people who are baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, sin just as much or worse. I've seen all kind of things like that, so it has nothing to do with how quality of a Christian you are. It simply is the next feast. It's the next encounter with God, so that He can empower you to do the work of the gospel. So, from that's just a quick little teeny-weeny summary of my perspective on that. Wow. Well, uh, like we said, deep end. <laughs> deep end of the pool today. It is the Feast of Weeks. It is Pentecost. It is the wedding. Ray Haynes, our general manager, is here. As he has come in uh, since the fall to preach through the feast, to teach on the feast, they're all posted at the Victory 91.5 Facebook page. Even the ones before and the ones this morning are going up as we speak. It's Victory 91.5. Reisenstein.